What's up, everybody? You are back with another episode of If the Truth Be Told, the greatest podcast on this side of glory. First of all, I want to thank everyone for their love and support, people that have been tuning in, hitting us up on Facebook, who have been DMing me. Good stuff, bad stuff, agree and disagree. I do not mind. I like the controversy. That's a side effect of good conversation. So on this episode of If the Truth Be Told, we have some special guests here. But before I introduce them, we're always going to do what I always like to do is pray and put God in the middle of everything that we do. So let's do this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We honor you yet with another episode. You have been blessing us. You have blessed us so much, God. We blessed our listeners, oh God. God, we ask in this conversation that you be glorified, that things be said decently and in order that will glorify your name. Let us have fun, but at the same time, bless your listeners so that we may draw them back to you. And Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, in the building, and I, I messed this up the last time we had a podcast, in introducing this brother. It is the indescribable, the bishop, his eminence, Mr. Fresh, the dapper Don, the dude that makes all the fittings, the, the, the Kingsman, Mr. Vince Lamar. Give it up for Vince Lamar in the building. How everybody doing out there? We love you, my brother. How you doing? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Good, good. Busy man. Busy man trying to catch up and do these podcasts with you, but I know you're always moving and shaking. And then we also have somebody else who's a very special person. She's actually my Sunday school superintendent. She's also my son's godmother. She's such a lovely young woman of God, Miss Keisha. How you doing, Miss Keisha? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you were able to hang out with us on this episode, ma'am. Thank you. All right, so let's get this started. First of all, we talk about current events. So Vince Lamar kind of piqued my interest this morning when he posted a post. Can you tell me what that post that you put on Facebook this morning, sir? Um, so this morning, you know, as I was in my prayer closet. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, okay. Um, as okay. I was in my prayer closet. Yes, sir. Um, the question came to me is, uh, what is the job description of a Christian? What is the job description of a Christian? Okay. I think this is a great question for Sister Keisha. Sister Keisha. Sister Sunday School. Let's do it. Let me just throw this disclaimer out here. Because I am a Sunday School teacher. Yes. I don't know everything. Okay. But I will I will honor your, your request. <laughs> <laughs> she just had to add that caveat before answering that question. Um, it is a great question. I actually saw that post. Uh, she ignored is it okay? Too. Is it is it okay if I call you Mac? Can we Go be ahead. real? No, we call each other we regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We so um, when I saw that post, uh, I said, Oh, good question, Mac. Oh, good. But um I was thinking the first thing I thought of was what is a Christian? Because before you know your job description, you have to know who you are. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, like, um, what, what, what do you? Who was a Christian? Like, who? How do you define Christian? It certainly ain't Vince Lamar. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't say that part, but you know. So um, to to have a job description to, to be more Christ-like, a Christian is a believer, a person who has accepted um, thy Lord and thy Savior. 
in their in their lives. Um, but as far as a uh, job description, um, I would say to to be more to be Christ like, okay. um, to act accordingly, to be nice to people, be humble. I would agree with that. Sit down. Uh, sit down. <laughs> Learn something. <laughs> know how to behave yourself in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Um, I felt a little shade there uh, from my sister. She was going Shots down that fire. list. Uh, Shots <laughs> she kept giving me the look. The look. <laughs> oh God! Thank you, Jesus. Nah, but what, but what, if you were to answer your own question, what what would it to be? Um, I believe the number one job description of a Christian is uh, to be a disciple of Christ. To uh, win souls. Okay. Uh, to, win souls is wise. Amen. And um, to attract people to Christ, not from Christ, mm. you know. And um, I believe that that all falls under um, the umbrella of being a teacher. Okay. You know, um, because we have to share, you know, the word of God. We have to share uh, the good news. We have to share in teach others, you know, what it means to live um, a holy and separated life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is one of the most um, important uh, descriptions of, you know, being a Christian. Okay. What are your thoughts, Ty? I think being a Christian, like you said, the job description is to teach, is to reach those with a word, with the gospel, uh, for those that are lost, the good news. Um your life is supposed to exemplify that of Christ. Um, be a person where signs and wonders follow you, and just have just have the love and the the love and the peace and the joy of Christ. You know, showing people that there's a more excellent way. I think as believers, we we're not on our job sometimes. Mm-hmm. We know what our job description is, but we're not. If we could grade ourselves to do a job evaluation, which we do have at our own natural jobs. Mm-hmm. What would your supervisor, which is God, rate you as a Christian? That's good. That's a good question. That's good. I was just thinking when um, when you first get hired, the first thing I do is I read my job description manual. Yeah. yeah. What are my responsibilities? What am I? What are what are they? My employer? What are they looking for? So I was just thinking when you said that, I said we have to read the Word of God. Yeah. That's your that's your your manual to be more like Christ-like. But, you know, a lot of times when you get on the job, mm-hmm. that job description all, seems to quickly change. You got that right. You got that right, sir. You on, know, on the job training. We do it at, at church all the time. OJT. Yep. Absolutely. So it's definitely um, with that, you definitely going to get some on-site training, some um uh, this is a very teachable moment. This is a very a moment you can learn from, uh, especially being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, I think and at the end of the day, you have to know what you're doing. Like you said, read your manual, and you have coworkers that you co-labor with. Know those who you labor amongst. Mm-hmm. If you're, and, and, and we know those by the fruits of the Spirit. If you have the fruits of the Spirit, there's certain things you need to exemplify being a Christian, joy. You ain't got none. You look down, jump across this table, <laughs> slap me. Oh, Jesus had a whip, whipped him out of the sanctuary. It's hard sometimes, hey. 
it it's, it's hard. Um, I don't know how many was in Sunday school last week. Uh, I was not. I apologize. Wow, wow, wow. See, this this will help us with this walk. This will help us with that comment or Shots question fired. that was posted. Um, but if you were in Sunday school last week, um, the subject, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, the subject was... Um, uh, are well. Let me just paraphrase. Basically, are you walking in the spirit? Are you walking? Is it? Can uh, are you walk? How, how how is your daily walk? Um, so when you say job description, you think job, you think church. Um, and Sunday school, last week Sunday school lesson was just a great opportunity um, for people to see how we can't be in the spirit twenty four seven because the Bible tells us daily we must die, our flesh may die. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can do is think about our um, words and we can think about our actions um, to be able to help us with our job description as a Christian um, with that. So so if we're not doing our job as a Christian, should we get fired? <clears throat> oh, good question. Yeah. Thank you God see, for Jesus. And... <laughs> I guess that you're fired, is, Vince. You're I, fired, I, sir. I, I guess that is part of the issue. Is you know we as Christians are quick mm-hmm. to fire and write, um, write them up, write people off, and um, I think one of the things is we have to continue to we got to continue to show love. Like we can't dismiss people because we have differences. But we can't. We, we can't allow people just to do whatever they want to do. Absolutely Even not. Even in leadership, and we'll get into the topic because there's things that grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> if you are consider yourself a Christian, especially a leader in your church, there's certain criteria that you need to meet in order to be effective. Jesus said, "I you know those by their fruit." If you are, and he went, walked by a a plant or a tree and it was not bearing any fruit and when it wasn't bearing any fruit guess what he cursed the tree and it died now I'm not saying people need to be cursed and die don't look at me like that don't look at me crazy but all I'm saying is we need to evaluate ourselves to see if we are producing like any job at your job if you're not producing widgets or whatever it is that you produce you will be let you they will let you know about that so you two are parents right correct correct and during your journey of parenthood, you both have two children. Correct. Correct. Yep. That okay. I know yes. of. And <laughs> okay. I mean, okay, man of God. <laughs> um, so both of your children are different from each other, right? Absolutely. Complete opposite. So how you approach situations pertaining to the both of them is different, right? A belt. No, I'm sure. Go ahead. Go ahead and answer that, Ms. Keisha. Were you going to say yes just, and no? Just, just yes because and no. It, it, it's really, um, it depends. It's I can address the same issue, but with, um, I can address the same issue, but with different words with that child. So, for an example, clean your room, that's universal. But the way I approach my daughter excuse me, the the words that I say to my daughter will definitely be different than what I will say to my son. Yes. So the strategy is different, correct? Absolutely. I would agree with that. So it's the same thing with this Christian walk. Our strategy can't be the same with everybody correct. because each person is on a different level of interpretation of what it means to be a Christian uh, their interpretation of what 
the word of God means may not be at that same level of maturity. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people can't handle certain things um, of the ministry. So our strategy can't be the same for everybody. A more seasoned saint can take rebuke and still come back through the doors on Sunday. But an unseasoned saint gets rebuked and now they're done with the church. Like our strategy and our approach has to be different. Instead of just writing them off, dismissing them, um, the same way that we have to do it at work, we got to figure out how to work with those different colleagues. We have to figure out how to work with these customers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the same (laughs) guests, you know. Like we got (laughs) to... You're funny. Uh, we have to figure out the same in, in the kingdom, how to work with I, each other. But I look at it like this. See, I'm old school. I'm, I'm, I'm old school, but I, like, I embrace the new school. Um, don't get me wrong. There's different strategies that you have for different people. Don't get me wrong. There's different things that motivate me. I don't like a lot of screaming and yelling and stuff. If you need something more out of me, sit down and talk to me. Have a cup of coffee. Say, hey, look, I need for you to step up your game in X, Y, Z. But some people, no matter what you do, they don't like structure, they don't like order, they don't like, um, they, they cause more havoc than good. So in those attempts, sometimes they just let those people just do whatever they want to do. And I don't think that's good for ministries or good for churches to allow individuals just to do whatever they want. That's in leadership. I'm not talking about lay members, but those in leadership. I don't know if y'all agree with that or disagree with that. But we need to have some rules of engagement, things, standards, ethics, something for the people. Um, I, I definitely agree. But sometimes you have to, um, and, I, and I will say this, I learned my dear brother here, uh, Mac, um, you have to be wise when you speak. Mm-hmm. Um, some tools that are given to us um, from our leaders I can't take it upon myself to go in and say, Mac, you're not doing a good job today. You were asked to do X, Y, and Z, and you totally failed, and I'm going to remove you. That's not my job to do that. Um, I think that there's ways that we can handle the situation, but we have to be very careful when we call ourselves being put in a position to tell people that they're not effective or they're not doing X, Y, and Z. Um, I like to just stay in my lane in certain That's areas. That's a good point. Very and good point. to that point, I guess will lead me to, okay, let's have a sit down. If you had to grade yourself on <laughs> that, that service that you conducted or that thing that you did, how would you say that you did? And why? And be honest. Because the thing That's is, good. a lot of people don't think that they're doing anything wrong. I don't think people go into situations will, willingly like, okay, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's I, not my intent. I, I, That's I, not my intent. I guess I just don't think that people just get up and do that. Oh, yeah, so, they do. And, and, and they sometimes do, I think people think, you know what? <laughs> I did a good job. Or you know what? No, you I had sir. the intentions on no, doing a good sir. job. No, you didn't, sir. <laughs> but it didn't necessarily happen that way. So I think what needs to happen is an honest conversation. How do you think you did? Folks don't want no honest conversation. Because I, I, if I did horrible, I want you to come up and tell me. I want you to say, you know what, Reverend, you gave this scripture, you done this. <laughs> 
was the worst message that I've ever seen in my life. But that's opinion. I can tell you that that was the worst message, but, and somebody else can come up to you and say, you know what, you just talked me off a ledge. Sir, there are some people who will feel a, a dog barking in the service. You know, they just... They just want to be in church. They don't want to go home. They want to be at church. The rocks would cry out if we don't pray. Yes, Max, shut up. <laughs> well, you know, to, to Max, to Max's point, though. Shut up. I can't stand you. But I think that's why it's good to have uh, people around you who will be honest with you um, and, and tell you exactly. I know with me personally, when I teach, I like I like feedback. I Me want too. I want good feedback. I want bad feedback. I want it all. Um, I was once told that I I actually laughed too much wow. while teaching um, Sunday that school. Did it hurt your feelings? It didn't hurt my feelings, but it made me reflect on my way of teaching. You're nervous. It, it, Am I nervous when I teach? Absolutely. And and that's good because God wants us to be nervous. Because the thing is, what people don't understand is I laugh. A lot too when I'm nervous. It's a nervous laugh. It's not that anything is necessarily funny, but it could be a moment where I'm feeling socially awkward or I may be thinking that the thing that I'm going to say next may not be, you know, the right thing to say or the right thing to do. So I'll laugh. But it's not that anything is funny. It's just a way for me to cope with my nervousness. Well, I laugh and I smile because God is just that good to me. Hey, so when I'm teaching and I get really excited, uh, no, I'm not being deep. I'm this so, is Sunday I'm, school right here, ladies and gentlemen. See, this, Sister see, Sunday school. Sister Sunday school. And this is why I'm labeled churchy, but oh well, here it is. So <laughs> This is the church. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. So, yeah, it, and I will teach that way, and I'll, I'll, it'll be a joy. It'll be a happy. It'll be a laughter. It'll be a, a smile. And let me let me go back a little bit. So when I said that, um, I never want to be so in God where I can just flow and not be nervous about His word yeah. and not be able to just um, speak His word. So I'm always nervous. I'm always um, Lord speak through me this that, and the other. But um, so that's what I meant by you know God want us to be nervous. He want us to have even when we're speaking. He want us to be humble even when we're speaking. He want us to be able to. Um, he want us what comes from the heart reaches the heart. So if you know, and people can feel, especially people who are visiting, or or even when when you walk into your home, let's just take this away from the church. If if someone walks into my home, they can feel a certain type of atmosphere, or you know, around their surroundings. So I think we we just got to be mindful of what we're putting out there. But I think I think that God doesn't want us to go up there and be like, I got this. You know, like I got this on my own. I don't need you. I can take care of business on my own. I think there needs to be some type of nervousness, but I think what we need to do is have honest feedback, like you said, which makes us better. And I would hope that churches implement like a someone that has a good rapport with you, that you're close to, that you can have that conversation with. Because I don't want you having that conversation with me if I don't know you, if, if you don't talk to me every day, if you don't set up that relationship. I agree. But I want you to take the time, say, look, this is what you can do better. Don't say, oh, you suck. This is whack or whatever it is. But let's trade. Let's, 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 are we still talking about this subject? Can we switch gears a little bit? We can switch oh, gears. Yeah, we can definitely. I'm, I'm a guest. You're, okay. You're at home. You know, you're never a guest. <laughs> you're a resident on this podcast. Okay. Let's go to something else. The So there was a lady in 
McDonald's who went up to a child that was not hers. While the parents was not looking, she tried to take that child from the parents and almost got away with walking out of the McDonald's with someone else's child, which would equal kidnapped. My question to you is, why don't people watch their kids? I don't think it's a matter of parents not watching their kids. Stop it. Come on, fam. I don't. I mean, if I got to go out and I literally have to stare at you <laughs> and I can't place an order for my food, I can't, you know, um, even get caught up in a conversation with a friend that I might run into, like, it, some, what, why does the parents have to take responsibility? Why don't the kidnapper take responsibility that they got a problem? It's, wait, look. Well, coming from a mom, first of all, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm, I'm not going to be so caught up in a casual conversation with anyone and do not remember that my kid is to my left or to my right. No, I know that. I know that's not what you meant, but I'm just saying. I'm being real. But and honest, I'm saying though. this: these things can happen in a matter of seconds. Absolutely. That's you why know, we have it, to be mindful and watch them. I mean, an mm -hmm. accident can happen in a matter of well, seconds. I, but I'm not saying that this woman went and coaxed this child. I, I, and don't get me wrong, it can happen to anybody and things can occur. Like, let's say your child just darts away and then someone picks them up. But McDonald's is not a huge place. You should be able to, whenever me and my kids are somewhere, I always have my eye out for them. Like, okay, where they're at situationally, who's around them, is there anybody that looks kind of shady, that looks like a kidnapper that could grab my child? But people will let their kids go with anybody. What does a kidnapper look like? You. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you need Jesus. <laughs> but what happened is um, stranger danger. I know that with my daughter, she um, and, and, and my sister will literally tell you now. I mean, I had her so close to me because, um, you know, she was a girl and my baby. She was a little small. She was a little small, tight. Mm -hmm. And I instantly and even with my son, I um, made sure they knew stranger danger. Um, they didn't. Mike, I, I raised them. They did not go with anyone. Even my it could be my mother, my father, my siblings, auntie. It, it did not matter um, if I place them somewhere. They are not to move until I get back until either I get back or until I've released them to go with whoever. And I know that sounds real hardcore, mm -hmm. real old school, this, that, and the other, but it makes a difference. So when they got older of age, this is a true story, by the way. So when they were about 13, 14, my sister came to the house, mm -hmm. their auntie, and she's looking at them, look at her, and they did not let her in. Wow. That's what you call a train right there. Because they know they were just taught up, you don't open the door for no one. Unless I've told you to open the door. And that's. Oh, we did that all the time growing up. I sat there, looked at my granddad out the window. I'm like, I'm going to say we can't let nobody in. That's right. Granddad called my mama. Then she got to call into the house. And get permission to let her in. Let Papa in. That's right. And then she told us if your granddaddy come by, you can let him in. So this is what my folks did. And this has gone down from each generation to each generation. We always had a password that if someone needed to pick you up from school, if someone came to the door, if someone needed to pick you up, 
there was a particular password that we passed on to certain individuals. So they say, hey, Tyrone, I'm here to pick you up. I'm like, what's the password? And they'd be like, blah, blah. Okay, we good. That was before cell phones. That was before all that stuff. And it worked like a charm. If someone came to the door, I'm like, excuse me, uh, can I come in? What's the password? Uh, I don't know. Lock, click, click. You ain't getting in. Why did you even go to the door? What's the password? (laughs) (laughs) But why did you go to the door, though? (laughs) If if we were home alone, I was a latchkey kid. So my parents, it was a while before they got home from work. So I would be in there by myself or with my brother, and we would. So, So you were allowed to look out the window to see who was at the door? Yeah. Oh, see, I know. That's a no no. I don't even want you looking out the window because I don't want anyone to know that you're there in the house by yourself. So you stay right in the area where you, you know, I'm just, I'm really overprotective, I guess. Do you I let see. your kids go to the bathroom by themselves in church? But how old? What is the cutoff age to let your child go to the bathroom? I, let somebody else answer because I, I don't. 17. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking um, it depends. No, I honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. Probably about 10. I would say that. 10. ten I'm thinking 10. 10, okay. 11. You can go to bed. It's, 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 now, when I say by yourself, I mean, I can, I'm looking at you go in. Like, I will let an eight-year-old, um, let me, I'm trying to think of, um, if, if I can see the door and I'm counting, okay, what's going, you know, but I'm keeping my eye on the bathroom door. But as far as little, I, some people get a little too comfortable with sending their children at a McDonald's or at a buffet. Mm-hmm. They get way too comfortable. Yep. Oh, go up there and get your soda. And in the time that we live in, there's just no way no. that I'll be able to send even my 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 five year old niece. I wouldn't send her to go refill her drink by herself. Nope, it's just not going to happen. I was um, by a uh, Panera Bread the other day, and a woman was letting her child play in the parking lot while cars was going back and forth. And I got very upset. And I said, should I say something to her? But I'm like, no, I wouldn't want nobody talking to me about my kids. So I, I drove the other way. But I was like, you for real letting your daughter play on the curb and on the parking lot like this, and you got your back turned. I said, mm, it's a new day in Periton. So what happened to your Christian job description? Are we supposed to? Oh, okay. I feel I fired. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't you okay 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 i was gonna graduate of you anyway <laughs> unsatisfactory if y'all could just look at the stare that i've said this lamar i just want to body slam him right now because of my nerves you can't come back on the show no i'm just joking i love you man okay so uh we we talked about current events so let's get into the topic of today we're talking about pet peeves Things that grind your gears, that get under your skin, that makes you upset, either at home, at work, at church, especially social media, things like that. So where do you guys want to start at? Do you guys want to start? you want to start church? Let's start at church. Why everything got to be about church all the Because okay, this is a Christian this podcast. This is a Christian podcast for those to bring them back to church. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Did you read the, yeah, the come, notes, the come, memo? come, come, come. <laughs> Come to his house. <laughs> Pet peeve number one. I hate church meetings. I hate <laughs> is such a strong <laughs> well, jump, word. Jump, jump right into it. it just, Why don't you? I, no, don't get me wrong. I think meetings are important. I think meetings are great. Don't you have no meeting about a meeting? Don't have no meeting about... Sir, you're preaching right now. Collect your offering at the office. <laughs> 
I hate meetings that are unproductive, no agenda, no notes, no direction, no nothing. If you want, that's my number one pet peeve. Number one, unfocused meetings. Next. Who got another one? I think that goes with just meetings. Just a very, just, um, I don't want a whining meeting. I don't want a complaining meeting. Like, I can't sit and listen to you talk about everything so bad in mm-hmm. a meeting. Just that's that's my whole thing with a meeting. I like sitting in person at a meeting, Tyrone. You know why? <laughs> why? Ask me why. Why? Because nowadays the text messaging and the groups, I'm learning depending on how that person is feeling that day is how they're going to receive that text or that message. So if we're face to face in a meeting setting, then I'm able to, we're able to talk it out. I'm not saying we got to have a two hour meeting, but sometimes everything, everything don't require, every agenda don't require a a meeting per se, Mm -hmm. but I'm old school. I like to sit and let's meet 45 minutes, 30, whatever, however long, get it over with and done with it. Okay. I think no meeting should last more than an hour. I agree with that. One hour, you're done. All right, Vince, you got, you got a pet peeve? Uh, I do. Okay. Um, when different individuals are on program oh. and they're not doing <laughs> what <laughs> they were supposed to do, I mean they're doing everything but. <laughs> oh no no no! no. <laughs> or like so, I'm teaching Sunday school. <laughs> 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 or like I'm teaching Sunday school and I just start singing or start doing a testimony. Yes. Is that what you thought? Okay, I want to give this caveat right now. We're not talking about nobody. Oh. We ain't talking about no church. We ain't talking about nothing. Absolutely not. We are doing general stuff. I don't want nobody inboxing me. I don't want nobody saying, what y'all talking about. I'm not talking about nobody. I'm just talking about over life, over the time we've been at church. Well, maybe he ain't. Yeah. Well, I, no, no, no. I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm Let me. I'm, I'm just. I just gave an example. I was just giving an example. I'm not talking about nobody. Because listen, when I'm in church, I'm in church. I got to get everything I can from the Lord. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be that true that she would not have any pet peeves then. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Now, um, don't you get up there and uh, they told you to give uh, an inspirational message and then you want to give honor. Oh, my gosh. Pray. Sing, sing a song. song. Oh, my gosh. And then go into your message. You oh, got five minutes. That burns my br- oh that oh that grinds my gears. That um, grinds my gears. That takes me to another level. And then two. Know when to give honor. We need a church etiquette podcast. That's what we need. A church etiquette episode. That is not during offering time. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. For so saying you saying that. the only person Speak we should be Lord. giving honor to at that point on offer time is the Lord. Speak, Lord. Let your servant hear. Lift that right hand up with your love <laughs> offering <laughs> and place that in the bucket. Go, go, say it, say it. You're just observing. We don't do this, Keisha. <laughs> the world is listening to us. They don't know. They don't. Half of them don't even know what I look like. Yeah. 
You, he's a very handsome. Yes, he is. Very, <laughs> very handsome. He is very so handsome. Dog. Get all your stylings from. I would say something, but he would get upset with me. Okay, can, can I add a pit peeve? Long-winded preachers. My lord. Oh my gosh. Here's my thing. Don't get me wrong. If the Holy Ghost is taking over. And you preaching a good word. I don't care if you preach two or three hours. If it's the Holy Ghost, I don't want to hear your stories about you fishing down in Arkansas with your nephews, nieces, uncle. I don't want to hear that stuff. Get to the word. I think if God is in anything, you can tell. Oh yeah. Even if even if you do go off and it's unscripted, um, the Holy Ghost is intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's times where in different services that I may go to, um, you know, around the city um, that I know that the expectation was for them to get up and do one particular thing. But the spirit of God took over, took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that the spirit of God takes precedence over any um, oh, any glory. program. Glory. Amen. Glory. Amen. I don't like it when pastors do the announcements. Mm. Detail. Explain. Explain. <laughs> Explore. I think you're doing too much. I think it, 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 preach. Everyone has a role. Everyone has a job. Choir sings. Musicians play. Deacons deacon. Mother's <laughs> deacons deacon. deacon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so explain what it means for one to deacon. <laughs> Read your Bible. Acts. <laughs> But what what gets me is I don't want you after I don't want you to get up and you can do the offering, but I don't want you doing announcements. I don't want you greeting the visitors. I, let other people do that. Unless you have a small ministry where you ain't got people to do that. But there's some people. You they, said you don't want them greeting the visitors. Like at the, like you could do that before your word. Don't get up all throughout the service. You getting up in the offering. You get up here, get up there. Sit down. Get you reflect on the word and how the service is going. But you know what? A lot of churches are kind of evolving into that model where it's either the pastor or the first lady that's kind of running with the entire service. Um, to me, that gives me the message that you don't trust the people. You know, that's Amen. a part of your staff. That's the Amen. message that that sends to me. Talk um, about it. Also, too, when you have family and um, close friends um, or extensions of, you know, that church is set first family. Uh, to me, if they're doing everything, there's no checks and balances. Mm. You know, that that's a conflict um, of interest, interest to me. Because if you're doing everything, who's watching you? Exactly. Well, being a PK kid myself. Boo. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Um, my father. Um, Shout out your father. What's your father's name? Larry Lee. God bless him. God bless Refuge Temple Lee. Church of God in Christ, Marion, Illinois. Ooh, y'all go down there. So um, he would always say there's no uh, kinfolk salvation. There's no, this is not a family that's doing everything. So um, you have to be mindful of that. And it just made me think of him when he would always say that when, when we were younger, he'll make sure that we were not the only ones up doing, doing everything and mm-hmm. you know um, stuff like that. So That's there's definitely a but I, I, I think sometimes in, in ministries you have the only people you got is your family who is going to be consistent and to help out. 
Don't get me wrong. If you, your family helping out or if you have to do it yourself because you have no other help. But if you're up every Sunday doing all this stuff. I'm going to tell you like this, though. If you're up every Sunday doing all that stuff, you know what? It's a family church now, and it's going to end as a family Ooh. church because everybody else is going to be up out that door. Ooh. Come on, somebody. Come on. I mean, that, that's what's really going to happen. Mm. Why do you have the same people? It's like is our it pastor said, this is the Lord's church. It it's is the, the Lord's, Lord's church. church. My thing, it goes back to the 80-20. Um, how, many, how many people are willing to to help? How many people are willing to step up? Why is it always the same people? It may not be just a family church. It may be where, though, like uh, Ty just said, it, they are consistent. Or these, if, even if it's not family, these people are consistent. These are the people who we know that's going to be there. I cannot depend on sister, whoever, sister, sister, if I ask her to open up the church and she's not there. But then I always got my sister, sister that's right here, always there. So I'm going to use who's consistent. I think there's consistency and I think there's also gift. Mm -hmm. Like everything is not your gift. Hospitality is not my gift. No. Oh, really? It's not. You're welcoming. I'm welcoming. But you mean as a junkyard dog. So I'm you be fake talking. when you be welcoming people? <laughs> no. Do you be fake, you be fake um, when you be saying greeting the people? No, absolutely or not. Or when you say God bless you. God no, bless I, you. I love. We I love I, you in the name no, of the Lord. No, I love. Mm-hmm. I love the people, and I love the people of God, um, genuinely. Um, but when I say hospitable, to me, that's more than just saying hi to people. Hospitable is, um, you know, being able to just drop whatever you're doing and to serve the people all the way through. Now I can point you and show you the direction and where to go, but I'm just going to be honest. Don't expect for me to roll out the red carpet or act like sister Keisha. Yeah. Or act like sister Keisha. Mm -hmm. Now, sister Keisha, She's not going to tell you. She's going to walk you to the restroom. She would kindly wait <laughs> on oh the outside. Gosh. Did you did she you find the soap? Did wow. you get your paper towel? The I garbage have, can have, is located <laughs> to your left. Like, that's Keisha. She's very hospitable. Yeah. Even ushering is a gift. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not gifted to usher. See, and that's another pet peeve that I have. <laughs> Folks need to know to stay in their lane. If you can't sing, don't do it. If you don't know how to greet the people, don't do it. If you, if that's there's certain things I know you will never ever see me do because I'm not gifted. Then that must you must not be gifted at nothing because I don't ever see you, know you do what? nothing. Is, where's a knife at? So I can cut you. <laughs> the double edged sword, so I can cut your head off. But I'm just saying, if if you don't get me wrong. You can grow in grace and something, but I know I'll be never able to play the organ or the drums. Do you think I'm going to get up in the service and play the organ? I don't think never because that could be a learned skill. You can learn how but to play the organ. You can learn how to play the drums. But that's the same thing in ministry. You develop people. Mm-hmm. I agree. You have I to agree. develop people. And when you take the time to teach and develop people, a lot of times people don't even get an opportunity to get developed because they never get the opportunity. That's true. You never know. Even I'll, I'll even say, even in our own ministry, we don't know who we have amongst us right. and what gifts and talents and things that they can do because we haven't been shown them. And it's not that they're, you know, um, not encouraged to do it. Maybe they're not comfortable enough, or maybe we have to sit down and have the opportunity to talk to them and identify. Oh wow. 
I did not know that you were good at this or that that was one of your gifts. Right. And then you start cultivating from there. Because, like, I'm a, I'm a parking lot prophet. Mm. I'm just joking. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times, too, though, we automatically push people in certain roles because of their secular role, um, you know. Where they work at or what Where they, they work at and what they do. So we automatically think, then that's their gift. No, that's just how I get my check. Wow. That may just be something that, they, well, I am looking for any educators that are willing to teach Sunday school to help the Sunday school teachers, though. Shout well, you got to join in. You, uh, um, <laughs> you got to join first. But um, no, that's very true. That's I, I, I agree with that, um, Mac. But I was just sitting here thinking, so if, if no one really builds a relationship with you, you will never know. I have a relationship or I try to build a relationship with whoever I meet, whether they're young or old, to see what are they likes and what are they what what they will be best in a great area to work in in the ministry. But it comes with a relationship. It comes with talking. It's, it comes with greeting. It comes yeah. with a hello. It Hi. comes with a how are you? Exactly. Not don't do that. It comes with that. And then you will get to know that person. I think we'll have a lot more uh, willing workers if the workers that are working be willing to be nice. That's my pet peeve. Mm, mean was, people. Oh, mean people. I don't want to shift girls. this conversation. Please do. But my biggest pet peeve are mean people. Oh. I agree. And you know what? Rude. I said this, um, and Keisha, you missed it um, on Monday night. But I said, I said, an attitude impacts nobody but the person who has it. True. That's your attitude, not mine. But we also talked too about how we won't allow those attitudes and different things like that to affect and impact who we are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, mean people, nasty-spirited, nasty-attitude people, you're hurting yourself. Yes, you are. Because, honestly, you're really robbing yourself of your next opportunity. Why be mean? Why be mean? Like, why? Out of all places, and we, this stems from the church hurt thing episode that we had uh, a few episodes back. A lot of people are hurt because people don't know how to talk to people. I can't stand people that don't know how to communicate and talk to other people. Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. You say rude things. Yep. You give you give subliminals. You do all of this stuff when you could just be just kind and just say, "Hey, sister, can you not do X, Y, Z? Hey, or hey, brother, can we do? Can I talk to you for a second? You're like, no, you don't do this. Take your skirt. Your skirt's too short. Right. Talk to somebody with some respect. Yeah. Yeah. As if you. You want to be talked to, you know. It, yeah. it goes back to treat people how you want to be treated. You can't have the Holy Ghost to be me. Honestly, treat people better than you want to be treated. Good job, Mac. Good um, job. Because sometimes some people don't even have a standard of how they want to be treated. Let's be real. Or Ooh. don't know how. You're right. Or don't know how. Yep. I I totally agree with that. So one thing I, I am, um, just to shift gears for one, I'll give you one more pet peeve, and I, I won't. Beat a dead horse. Y'all don't be mad, but churches without parking lots, I think, is something that grinds <laughs> my gears. If I come to your church, I don't want to walk 15 blocks and have my car on the street and possibly get sideswiped. I, I told my wife, I said, if we ever move and have to find a ministry, it has to have a parking lot. 
like, a parking lot. A parking lot. My brother, you gotta crawl so, before you walk. I, I grew up on a corner, seventeen oh one West Atkinson Drive, Rock Ooh. Faith Missionary Baptist Church. Glory. On the corner, there was not a parking lot. You talking that church Where? up like you still go there now. I need you to Yeah, I need to bring it down a little bit. Bring that some of that enthusiasm <laughs> down now. You you ours now. You, are, you know you belong I, to us. Yes. <laughs> but that church, that small church, which had a huge heart, a lot of love. I've learned I've I learned so much there that spilled over and I've embraced it with my GMS family. But we didn't have a parking lot. There's no parking lot. Or is there? Okay. I think Ty is just being Ty. I'm being bougie. Yes. Um, oh, I mean, you're just joking. You, no, no he's not joking. I, he's serious. I'm serious. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll go to a church if the word is good. I'm willing to go. Right. But if I if I had to pick a home church for me, I need to have a parking lot. What if you come late and all the parking spots are gone? See, now that's my fault. Okay. Because I've come late to this ministry numerous times. And I did not get a parking spot, and I blame me. I don't blame nobody else. But if I come on time to Sunday school, Amen. And I gotta park 15 blocks from my church in the snow with kids and walk up the church, it's not gonna be a good day. I mean, the parking lot is a nice amenity, but I don't think that it's a deal breaker. I mean, that's just like <laughs> that's just like saying, well, okay. the bathrooms don't, doesn't have a book. <laughs> you go to a Walmart, you don't have a parking lot. You see how how well you'll shop there. But that, don't, but don't, it's don't, different. Don't though. shame me. Don't shame Walmart, me on how I feel. Walmart is that's, that's a retailer. My, that's my truth. Walmart is a retailer. Hey, this is if the truth be told with Tyrone. The, don't try to take over the show. Walmart has experience. a whole marketing strategy on on parking lot. Um, I'm a couponer as well. So they market their stores. They want you to come in a certain way so you can go through the whole store to get to where you have to be. That's why it's very smart when you go to Walmart. If you're only going in for groceries, park on that side, stay on that side of the store because they market their parking lot is even market. So truth be told. We should really market our parking lot. You're right. If I want to be at a church and if that's something that 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 I want to market to get people to come let that is a a, a very nice amenity um, to have thank you and that's why it, I read a book and it said if you're going to start a church they said if you're just starting out and you don't have a building utilize a school on on a Sunday because first of all no one's using it you just have to pay rent you don't have to deal with the maintenance and then also there's parking for the people. If I'm handicapped and I'm trying to get to your church and I got to have someone lift me up 18 stairs to get to your church, something is wrong. We got to think of location. It's about location, location, location. I don't want a ramp. I don't well, want a skateboard to get to your church. Switching gears, okay, something whatever. that is my pet peeve at work <laughs> is people who are not the boss oh, that tries to gosh. boss you. Yes. Talk about it, sir. Like that is so frustrating to me. Like, who are you? Like, what, is there a supervisor in front of your name? Or right. is it, who are you? I'm not the boss, but I know what you should be doing. And I know what you should be doing. Shots and that's fired. minding your business. <laughs> <laughs> mind the business mind that payeth thou. Mind your business. No, that's true though. I, I, yeah, it's, it's. 
<laughs> that's a, a huge pet peeve of mine. Just stay in your lane, stay in your cubicle, stay in your office, and do what you're supposed to do, and I do what I'm supposed to do. And we still can work together as a team. You know what? When I was in management, I had an employee, right? She came to me, and she said, such and such. Um, it, no, she came to my office, and she said, Vince, I said, yes. It's such and such. Is today a um, casual day? I said, no. Why? Well, such and such looks very casual today. And I don't think her attire is appropriate. Snitches. And you know what I said to her? (laughs) What you said? (laughs) I said to her, I said, wow, that is very interesting. Thank you for caring enough to come and tell me. I said, I saw what she had on. I actually complimented her today because I thought she looked very nice. But thank you for bringing it to my attention. That burn, that's burning my gift. Oh, right she now. rolled her eyes at me. She walked around oh, the office so fast. But the thing is, that was the nicest way that I could tell her at that time. Mind your, your business. business. Because the thing is, what people fail to understand is leaders are not blind. Mm-hmm. We see and if I have a problem with something, Did my whole staff it? knew Vince does not have a problem with addressing it. And if he, if he had a problem with it, why didn't she just go up to the lady and just say, hey. Why even go up to her at all? Oh, like, oh, why does it concern her? How is her having on that attire impacting her work? Because don't get me wrong. If, if someone doesn't know, like, let's say you work at a job where there's a particular dress code or a culture and that person's missed the memo. You don't want them to be embarrassed and people talk about this. She's like, hey, you know, normally on Fridays we wear khakis or whatever. You you may not want to wear jeans because you get yourself jammed up. That's what I'm looking for someone to do, not to just say, oh, I'm going to go to the manager and tell them how this person is dressed. See, I look at it like this. Mind your Your business. business. That's it. Because the thing is, as a leader, when I notice that, um, I had to. We have we had uh, meet, weekly meetings, and if I start noticing something was becoming a trend, and I would address it in one-off situations, I'm like, okay, it's time for us to revisit this. You know, um, I've had conversations with select ones. I'm noticing that we're becoming a little too lax with the dress code. I think today's a great day to go over what that looks like again so that we're clearing that we're all on the same page see but i don't like that though see let me let me let me, let me i'm not saying that what you did was bad oh i don't care what you i'm gonna tell you what <laughs> let me tell you something young man i if you have an issue with somebody tell them i don't want to be a part of this whole conversation if i'm not doing it that has nothing to do with keisha it. see and that's the thing we don't actively listen didn't I just say I would have a conversation with these individuals and then I would address it as a whole with everybody because it's becoming a trend. But, but if, if, if someone sit in that meeting and they don't do it, why do they need to be involved in that meeting? Because maybe next week you might feel like, okay, everybody's been, because as a leader, because I address somebody, that's not your business or that's not your concern. And you may not know what conversation I had with who, because as a leader, one of our job duties is to, you know, be confidential. 
I'm not going to go out and say, well, I just had a conversation with Ty on his attire because he shouldn't be dressing like that. But I could talk to Ty and then I could talk to Keisha because she got the same issue. And then Jason could come in and, um, you know, he's he's been, you know, on top of his attire the whole time. But because the majority is starting to you know, think that it's okay, and she's telling me that she saw Ty. Then Ty's saying, "Well, he thought it was okay." Then that means that okay, I need to reinforce the expectation and let them know that this isn't how we dress. There's two things that I see with this. Um, the first, the first, the first that I see is definitely a, in a leadership position. You go and you do your one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I like. We're not going to spend a whole meeting going over the policy of dressing, but I will tap it because sometimes you have to let the whole group know. Don't think I'm letting A get away with it. We're just going to recap this real quickly so we so that we are all on one accord. That also let the other personnel know that they um, have that the issue have been addressed because what this is what will happen in the office. Did you see what sister girl had on? Now I went to the manager, the manager haven't did anything. And now you have a whole office talking and gossiping, not being able to do their work. And now you have a whole situation when you could talk to that person and then address it as, it's sort of like what they say, just get it out the way, hit the hand yeah, with the yeah. hammer or something like that. Nip it so in nip it in the bud. And so that way we're all on one accord and we're all as a team and let's all work together. Sometimes you do have to have a one-on-one with that person, but I like to have a group type just a little bit because I want, I want to kill that conversation in the group because nine times out of 10, it has spilled over and, and people are talking and it's affecting the work environment. You don't want to know something else that affects work environments. I don't like clicks. I think clicks are just childish, period. Well, we have them everywhere. They're definitely in the church. So, so here's my thing. Here's my thing. <laughs> here's my thing with clicks. It's different than having a set of coworkers, friends, or colleagues who you associate with, that you tend to gravitate to, that you enjoy, you hang out, you may go to each other's house. That is perfectly fine. When you ostracize other people and make them feel mm-hmm. unwelcome and unwanted. So, like, if let's say I'm in the break room and I see some people talking there and I sit down close to you and they're looking at me like, why are you sitting next to us? That's a click. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I have an issue with that. I think that destroys morale. Because for me, I don't roll with a group of people. I, I Nine times ten, I'm so. I do. You do? Oh, you got your click. Who's your click? Who's part of your click? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> See, get the, off of here, please. The thing is, um, the unfortunate part is we can't tell people who to talk to and associate with. I mean, we can encourage it, but uh, people are always going to gravitate toward, you know, who they feel that they have the most in common with. Um, and honestly, when people don't like somebody, um, they're usually disliked by the majority (laughs) and I'm just being honest, but, um, I mean, clicks are bad. Yeah. Clicks are bad. Um, it does kill the morale. Do you have, do you guys have a group of people that you roll with? 
Well, see, this is the thing. This is oh, I don't know how we got there on this on this area, but um, it depends. I, I have different crews for different things. I have, um, and that's not a click or anything like that. It's just I have, I have some some friends that uh, that I can go and we're gonna study this lesson with, and then I have. Uh, some friends that I go shopping with that they're my shoppers. We can go in the store and be in there for eight hours. And I know that my one girlfriend is only going to give me about 10 minutes in the store. I don't want to hang with you today yeah. because this, that, and the other. But I don't know if those are necessarily clicks. Now, there's negative clicks and then there's good clicks. You can be around um, a sisterhood of girls, of young girls, of, of women, and we can involve everybody to be a part of this sisterhood group. Some people may call it a clique or whatever have you, where we're just building each other up and encouraging one another uh, and this, that, and the other. It's no difference than the prayer circles that we may have. Prayer partners, are they cliques too? I don't well, know. Vincent don't pray. So I mean, I was going to say, I don't, um, I won't call it a clique, but I have my brothers. Okay. Um, and my brothers are my confidants. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like with um, my brothers, um, I don't necessarily feel like it's a click. I mean, we talk to everybody, okay. you know, and um, anybody is included, you know, to hang out like or whatever, because uh, it's, it's not like that. But um, it's like don't expect certain conversations to take place. That's true. You know, in that setting. But that doesn't mean that I'm excluding you. But you also have, you got to use your discretion. Like certain conversations ain't for everybody. No. And certain things about you, everybody shouldn't be privy. You know, to anyway. You can't share all your. You can't share all your mind. information. So I mean, I, I don't think that that makes it clicky because it's like we could be talking about something. And if I stop talking about it, that just means. I don't want to talk about it. Not even I don't want to talk about it, but what we're talking about doesn't concern you. Mm, Mean boy. I don't think that's mean. I'm joking. (laughs) But is that considered a click, though? I don't think it's a click. That's why I said it's it's, uh, brothers. Brothers, sisters. I have, um, have, you know... Yes, you got to be, I guess, be careful with that word, you know, clicks and stuff, because people will automatically put you in a click and you're really not in a click. You just hanging around your sister or you're hanging around your brothers. And that's not really a click because I welcome all Mm -hmm. who who's friendly Mm -hmm. and who's trustworthy, who's honest. But I don't I don't like people who all think alike, like. I don't like groupthink. I don't like just because you think. I love people who think different than me. That's why I appreciate everyone who differs from what I think. But that's the thing, though, too. People assume because people hang around each other that they think alike. But that, but, but you can tell sometimes, man. You can tell. I believe that you can have some things in common. I'm like this. I'll say this, for instance, right? One thing that I would not do is I'm not going to correct or chastise um, like people that are close to me in a public setting. Now, you could do something wrong and I might look at you and give you the "Eh," but I guarantee you nine times out of ten, we're having a conversation in the car or on the phone and I'll say, bro, sis, you was not right. That was wrong. I you think. need you need to go back. You need to apologize need to because the that. thing is, you create a more aggressive situation when you start trying to check your people in front of people. Then they feel a lack of support. Then they feel like they gotta prove their point and different things like that. 
if I had a dollar for every time, like I've gone back and like, you, you weren't right. You need to fix that. Like that 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 wasn't right. You shouldn't have handled that. Or did you think that that was the you know appropriate thing to say to that person or do? And that's what people don't realize is a lot of times these conversations are taking place. You just ain't present for it. Ooh. I mean, that's true, too. Getting back to what Ty said, and I, I, I like that. But when you say think alike, now I have um, I have my best cousins on my dad's side and my best cousins on my mom's side. And some of my cousins I'm around all the time. And we, my one particular cousin, um, Shanita, they say we sound just exactly alike. And um, we like some similar of the same thing. So... You pretty much, if, if I'm thinking it, she's probably thinking it or another cousin may be thinking it because we sort of like the same items or we like the same things. Is that what you're talking no, about when you say think like Let that? me clarify. Um, let's say me and Vince is hanging out. And don't get me wrong. We like church. We like music. We like fashion. We like different things. That's cool. But let's say my mind, let's say I want I like something different or I have a different mindset than I'm ostracized or you're stupid for thinking that or you're dumb for having that type of mentality. I think everyone's free to think how they want to think. I have lots I have friends who think the complete opposite of how I think. Some are liberal, some are, are conservative, some are whatever they are. I respect people in their right to think how they think. But I, I hate it when people try to control what other people think. Oh, if you don't believe how I believe, then you're dumb. No. I just don't believe how you believe. No, I don't be believe a friend in, either, though. See, I, I I don't believe in that. I feel like everybody should have, um, you know, freedom to to think however you want to think. But the thing is, my only requirement is do not try to force your views on that me. That is something I think because um, mm. then because then I get upset. <laughs> I don't. And we talk about friendship and pet peeves. I don't like a needy friend. Oh, now, when I man. mean needy, I don't mean money. I mean a person who you you have to have a call or a text every day or like a needy friend, someone who requires so much of my time. I, I, I can't do a needy friend. That's I a just bit, cannot do a needy friend. That's a bit much. And you know, you know the needy friends because they get mad when you are with other people, or oh they see you, gosh. or they see you doing other things. They're like, "Hey, I thought we were supposed to hang out, or hey, you call me, or this Can I hang out with you guys? Absolutely. This is a true story. My friend Kami, and I love her so dearly. She's definitely well, a. She's using names too. Holy yeah. Smokes. Oh, because I only got a couple, you know, friend friends. But um, Kami, I had not spoken to Kami in months. And I shot her a text and I said, I am um, becoming a deaconess missionary. And she simply texts back where, when, time. I look up at the church and she's there. Beautiful. I have not spoken to her since we took a, we didn't even get to take a picture. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't spoken to her since then. But I know if I call her right now and vice versa, we're there. Those are the best friends. Ever. So... But then I then and those are friends I love dearly because it's it's a 
what's understood don't have to be explained type of friend. But I, I can't have a needy friend who, re- you know, why haven't you called me? Why didn't you call um, me? I have a phone. Yeah, what? like what? what? What are you talking about? Talk like, about- but we're friends, and and but we're friends. I, 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 those are needy friends. I, I can't don't like do that them. Stuff. I can't do them. I don't like that stuff. Tyrone agree with you. I thought that was just a woman thing. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, no, I had that sexist. conversation. No, I'm not trying to be sexist, but I. I, guys I, do it too. Yeah, guys do it too. Guys, guys do it too. I guys do it too. I thought you didn't like it. I, you didn't say. You I guess it. I yeah. never had that happen. Someone told me you didn't wish me a happy birthday on Facebook. Are you okay? I've gotten that before. Oh, I've gotten that before. Now, if you know me, what? I'm real particular Someone about got, about I, Facebook I, birthday posts because I will send you the picture. I, I send to pictures. the public. I, let me put this discussion. I am not sexist at all whatsoever. No, I'm just joking. He's not. No, sexist. not um, at all. But, He's equal opportunity. But. Um, I guess I never had that happen. I wish I would get a phone call talking about I didn't like a post on Facebook. Guys do it. Listen, I mean, let me tell you, guys is, do it. Somebody came to me and said, "Do you like my car?" I'm like, "And if I don't?" <laughs> oh, wow. like, "You like my car, don't you?" "No, I don't." <laughs> Why are you talking to me about this? Those, I don't know. I guess when it comes to friends, when all that to me falls under the umbrella of like a needy friend and another. No, check this out though. See, I I don't even really care for that too much. This is my pet peeve. If I got house rules, don't challenge them. Oh. If one of my requirements is that you remove your shoes before you enter into my house, do not challenge me on that. But here's the thing I know the people who have that rule. And I don't go to their houses a lot. I don't. I don't require people to move their shoes. But if if I go to your house, I'm going to do what you ask for me to do. See, I don't think that that's unreasonable. What because if I don't want to move my, my shoes, I automatically take my shoes off when I walk into people's house. I, automatically, or I, ask, or I ask. I definitely ask. Japan. Would you like me to remove my shoes? Or I do. Um, I do ask in some instances, but some houses that are so spick and span clean, I automatically just take my shoes off. What you mean? What if it's a dirty house? It has to be. Then a I'm spick- leaving them on. <laughs> Ain't no roaches getting up in these socks. You got that right. You got that right. This Preach that. No talk that talk. Zone. Talk that talk. Talk that talk, preacher. Oh, I just fell out. Roaches. See, that's, I don't leave my shoes there to is get that a pet peeve of roaches, roaches and bed bugs up in my shoes. No. no. See, the devil is a lie. No. Um, no, but seriously. Do seriously, people still abide by my house rules. Do people that's have roaches? It. What? No, Vince, Mac just asked, do people still have roaches? They I'm sure like, do. Now, roaches, I thought I was some from the I haven't seen any roaches in no, years. No, I haven't no, seen any roaches in years. Now, you know what? I got some relatives that I know that ain't saved and ain't going to never listen to this podcast. Man, growing up, my auntie had so many roaches <laughs> my lord this woman Don't offered do me it. a hot dog right and she said baby put it in the microwave <laughs> and I was hungry too I went to that microwave it was three roaches in the microwave having a meeting about how oh they was going to assassinate gosh. my hot dog Oh my gosh. I walked back into the living room <laughs> she said baby um, I thought you uh, was hungry why didn't you eat uh, why didn't you fix you a hot dog I said I lost my appetite she said why baby go in there and fix you a hot dog I said auntie you got roaches <laughs> I am not eating your hot dogs the devil is a lie no who has roaches no let's not go there because there's people who, who we're praying for those with roaches? 
<laughs> Listen, bucks. we all have a story. We all have. We all come now, from somewhere. Now we all we all have a story. I, I think, and I praise God. I was, I didn't grow up in that environment, but I will tell you, some of the best people in the world got roaches. Have had them probably. You know, you hear about the struggle. <laughs> Stop. I'm going to shut your mic off. Stop. Y'all hear about people talking about the struggle all the time. They had to hustle and they was in the trap house and all that other so stuff. So what does that have to what do, do with roaches? having roaches? They, I'm assuming they had roaches in the trap house. I don't know. So they carried them to the, to the I, new house that they used? I thought I roaches was an issue of uh, how clean. No, 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 no. Uh, my, no. Your, your environment. No, it's is. infestation. I think no, you no. carry them in. I don't care how clean your house is. Yeah. If, you got, if someone brings over a roach in their pocket and they're pregnant, you're going to have roaches. Yeah, so it's not. I mean, yeah. can we y'all get exterminated? Can we, can we That's a pet peeve. Please? I'm getting That's grossed out. Okay, can I, can I give a pet peeve, uh, social media pet peeve? If you can't cook, stop putting your nasty food on Facebook. Better yet, with a dirty kitchen. With a dirty kitchen. And posting your kids and family in a dirty house. Stop doing that. That is so, like, beyond me. Don't do that. Are you friends with people like that? I've never saw that. You look on Facebook. Somebody's like, ooh. No, what people says, I'm making food for my husband. I'm making food for my future husband, and it looks like Sloppy Joe's made out of taco meat. Stop. Don't do that. Sloppy Joe is made out of taco meat. Okay, let me backtrack. (laughs) You have. No, it's not. You make a lasagna that looks like Hamburger Helper. That right there, you need to stop. Gotcha. Make, oh yeah, I got a husband. I want a husband, and I'm making hamburger helper. You're not going to get no husband. But on that aspect, we've been talking for about an hour, haven't we? I don't know. Yes, about an hour and ten. I've had a good time. I, I had, had a, a wonderful time. time. You had a wonderful time. Any last minute things you want to share with the people? I just want to share with the people that you can shop Vince Lamar by going to www.vincelamar.com. I did recently change my Instagram page. It is now I am Vince Lamar. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can even follow us on Twitter at Vince Lamar Clothier. Amen. And I will just like to welcome everyone to come out to Sunday school this Sunday at 930 at the Greater Mount Sinai Church of God in Christ. The address is 5384 North 60th Street. Please, I will be saving you a seat. Yes, we have the best pastor ever. Superintendent Davis, we love you. We love you. He is the epitome of a great preacher, teacher. Um, He's not long-winded at all. He knows how to put a gallon in a pint. I love him so much. He's awesome. So on that aspect, you can get on and listen to this episode and previous episodes of If the Truth Be Told on Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you get your podcasts at. We appreciate you. We love you. Shout out to our people in Malaysia, India, the UK, and all of our worldwide listeners who have been uh, tapping in. We love you. Uh, Send your suggestions to If the Truth Be Told podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Take it easy, and we love you. Peace.